I think it's really important that people start out playing safe. So, so we want to start with obviously <laughs> it's gonna be the girls are still wearing the clothing, unfortunately. A fantasy of mine is like a gay thing. That's just hot to me. This week, uh, we have a Tara topic. We're going to talk about being... Tara topic. It's a Tara topic. Okay, <laughs> so, bitches. Love you. Wow. Tara gets saucy. Welcome to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. I am James. And I'm Tara. And we are your sexy, swinging, and lifestyle hosts for today's show. We host our weekly show to empower you to explore your sexuality and learn more about consensual non-monogamy. We made a decision that we did not want to fit the societal norm when it came to relationships, sex, and dating. We wanted to open things up. So that's just what we did. Since 2013, we have explored consensual non-monogamy and never looked back. If you are looking for more after the show, be sure to get social with us. Our Instagram is sex.uninterrupted, and we share all kinds of posts and stories about our life. You can also find us on Twitter at SXUninterrupted or on Facebook by searching Sex Uninterrupted. On to the no smoke show today. We actually had three people join us on today's show, so we are going to go right into the intro. Being HSV positive in the non-monogamy community can come with a lot of fear, shame, and stigma, and we want to change that. Normalizing this conversation within the lifestyle needs to happen, and we are happy to get the ball moving. If we had more knowledge on the topic and people felt safe, comfortable, and accepted about sharing their positive diagnosis, it would be easier to discuss with partners the proper precautions that can be taken to minimize the risk and relieve some concerns. This week, we are joined by two women who are in non-monogamous relationships and HSV positive. In this heartfelt show, they open up about their experience and share their story. But before that, we are joined by our friend and local nurse practitioner, Jessica Sang, who shares advice, tips, and information about HSV1 and HSV2. This is a powerful show, and we hope you take the time to tune in. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Sex Interrupted with Taryn James. Our guest for this segment is a local nurse practitioner who is happy to consider herself LS friendly. She followed her entrepreneurial spirit and started a business called Direct Health Solutions. Her and her team make house calls all day, every day for those looking for an alternative to traditional doctor offices. Her services also include home STI testing with results in two to three days, which is great for people like us in the non-monogamous community and those who are on the move all the time. <laughs> Yes, that's true too. Right, trying to get back and get to your doctor and then you get the lab results and having to go get the lab. And then you have to book the appointment and, and then that's two weeks later and then they take like two weeks to get you the results and by that time you've had sex with 10 people, so... And then you get... And then <laughs> this you is keep... the direct health solution. <laughs> yes, direct health solution. So welcome, Jess, to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Absolutely. You get to be on the upgraded show. Yay. <laughs> Upgraded audio, upgraded everything. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, anything else that you'd like to add to my intro that I may, may have missed? Nope. I think you did a good job. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about me. <laughs> we're not here to talk about you. Okay. Then let's talk about HSV. Yeah. That's been on, uh, on our minds. We talked to two lovely women who were able to open up and share their experience of being HSV positive in the lifestyle, we we found out a lot of great great information, information. and tips. Well, yeah. it's it's 
And this is what I think we need. To, we really need to talk about is the fact that it is so prevalent in this life that it's. If you are going to say that you do not have it, you better know from a test. And I, I'm going to even say, then. And even yeah. then. And like we said, and so we're going to talk about this in any ways, but let's talk about standardized HSV testing. How would that go about? I mean, so typically there's actually no standardized HSV testing, and that's only because... So traditionally, I think way back when, people used to ask for blood work to see if they had HSV. The problem is that so many of us actually test positive for HSV without ever having symptoms ever in our lives. And so why are, the question is, why are we continuing to test people if it's just causing a lot of anxiety? So typically what we do now is if you have symptoms, so a sore, an itchy spot on really any part of your body, we look at it, so we assess it. If it looks like a possible cold sore or a herpes sore, we would swab it and send it to the lab to actually get tested to determine if it's HSV-1 or 2 or maybe if it's nothing at all. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the blood work that a lot of people ask about, we don't usually test it. Um, and the reason why? And the reason why is, so unfortunately, the majority of us actually do test positive for it. And what has happened is that when people test positive, it actually creates so much anxiety and stress and it actually harms relationships. And mm -hmm. so the question is, would we have done or is there something we can do differently knowing that you do have HSV? Technically, no. Like you should always practice safe sex. You should always honestly be communicative with your partners. If you have symptoms, please don't engage be, please don't engage in sexual activity yeah um it's just a it's a mutual respect thing so knowing you have hsv in your blood or not does that create any difference in how we should behave i don't think so oh good point yes. <laughs> but yeah it the, the problem is that it's caused so much anxiety over the years the biggest thing that actually causes outbreaks and honestly every other disease in the world is stress yeah so if we're doing something that creates more stress in the world and in our relationships like why would we do that yeah we're literally causing it to have an outbreak or causing it to come to the surface when it could have just been inside of you for this whole time exactly. but i think that's where like this whole problem starts is that we've been stigmatizing a way of something and it doesn't have to be like a big thing, but it's something, right? Like this is something in our life, especially in consensual non-monogamy. The likelihood, like they say that in the United States, it's around one in four people have HSV-1. I think that, I I mean, yes, I haven't actually, I was looking for the specific statistics in regards to, well, different parts of the world, but yeah. I've heard that certain parts of the world, it's like 90% and higher. So wow. it's even higher and it's like, well, nothing about the non-monogamous community. We're at a higher risk already. So it's not yes, like, yeah. like we're not immune to these statistics, like these statistics of divorce, all that other stuff. We're, we're still not immune to, mm -hmm. right? Yes. We may have better communication and all that stuff, yes. but we're still not immune to fucking diseases and like cancer or any of these. Yeah, we're definitely. not immune to these. Mm -hmm. So the like, and the fact that if we're going to be promiscuous and we're going to be going out there, the likelihood is, is that you are going to have it. This is where the problem lies. The problem lies within the people not understanding that you have it. And if other people have it, it's okay. Now understanding how you shed it, how it comes mm -hmm. around, how it comes about, is this problem that I think a lot of people are under. Because of the stigma, people don't, it's the same thing as HIV when I heard from my doctor. Yeah, Back in the HIV day, used to be highly stigmatized. And it was oh, so yes. stigmatized, but so people w wouldn't go get tested, knowing full well that they probably have it. And there's different variations of HIV, correct? Correct. Yeah. And they affect your body differently. 
Yes. And there's different types of drugs to treat it. HIV. HIV. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Right. And there's different types of drugs to teach uh, treat HSV as well. Absolutely. I mean, there's like antivirals mm-hmm. are are technically antivirals and we do tailor them towards what you have. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, HIV is it's still it's still considered life changing if yeah. you have HIV versus versus HSV. Typically speaking, the average person may get may get an outbreak or two throughout their lifetime. Most people who have HSV in their blood don't ever have outbreaks or oftentimes we just get that weird itch on the side of our throat or Mm -hmm. you know the side of anything or your lip or whatever whatever. you get a a little itchy spot and you're like oh that was itchy and then it went away in a couple days and little did you know that was actually hsv but that's why most people aren't aware that they are positive is because it doesn't always look like what you look up on the internet so, <laughs> oh my god google, that's google don't, doctor that's what selena said too <laughs> selena don't said google the same it. <laughs> yeah google doctor will fucking it's like ruin a rash. you yeah please don't <laughs> google the images that always shows worst case scenarios mm-hmm. and like that's not what it looks like mm-hmm. for the most part hsv looks like nothing mm-hmm. and sometimes yes you can have an outbreak or two and then it it's a couple or you know maybe perhaps sometimes it's several little cold sores then it goes away in a couple of weeks um but then afterwards as long as you're not having frequent recurrences some people just don't ever have an occurrence ever again but they still are positive for it yeah and so sometimes these occurrences could have happened as a child like how many of us have actually you know been to a playground back Obviously, back when we were young, <laughs> and, I go to playgrounds all and the like, time. But kids, we, we used to we grew up sharing like sharing popsicles, popsicles and we shared ice, ice cream, cream cones and mm-hmm. drinks and and straws, you know, gloss. Exactly, girl, little girls like we share makeup all the time. And good lord, like there's, I mean, don't even we talk about, about makeup artists. Talk about makeup last time. <laughs> I clean my brushes all the time now because of our conversation. Totally, and it's like there's so many ways that we can actually get these viruses. Um, from other people without ever knowing it. And so like occasionally um, some people actually have uh, a reaction to the sun on their lips. So we wear lip gloss all the time. We get this weird itchy spot in our lip and it's like, oh yeah, I feel like I have a sunburn. I'm like, that technically could have been HSV and that could have been what it felt like. So instead of stigmatizing one person because they actually have a positive result, like why would we do that? Because most of us actually have had exposure to it at some point in our lives. Like, instead of stigmatizing people and judging people for testing positive for something, we should be like, great, thank you for getting tested. Yeah. Like, now we know. And, and now we know that we should be safe. So anytime you have a weird, itchy spot, let's just not play exactly. today. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is it's almost like if somebody is, is sharing that about about what they're going through, about what they have... Um, these people are the most honest people no it was (laughs) if we're getting rid of the stigma the stigmatization around it we can focus on the education and helping people bring that awareness of okay you know i do feel this right now instead of okay head in the sand i don't really want to deal with this it's not showing up so i don't care that's not fair either (laughs) like but but even i think that so this this all goes around to this whole aspect of the fact of like sticking your head in the sand to say going and getting tested here in Alberta, we do not 
have a standardized test for HSV. I don't think they do in North America. Nowhere, I don't think. Oh, has really? a standardized yeah. test. No, for HSV. it's not. It's, they we never routinely test people for HSV. Only when you have an outbreak, outbreak or, or yeah, or you're you symptomatic. Yeah, they're symptomatic. Yeah. Or I mean, if you have like, some type of immunocompromise. So if let's say you have HIV, we might test you for other things just to just to know. But it's it's nice to have that knowledge. the The debate that we always have is is the knowledge harmful or not? Hmm. Right. So well, and I think that's because it's stigmatized. Oh, that's a hard one. That goes against morals and well, and it's like so. I mean, I would, you know, I think it's always best to practice thinking that honestly, anyone we play with could have something. Yeah. So we should always be playing safely, especially if it's someone that we're not in a consistent relationship with. Um, but at the end of the day, there's so many studies that just show how much stress can wreak havoc on our bodies. It causes anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, heart disease. It can cause more outbreaks. And so, yes, it's nice to have that piece of paper that says positive or negative but i'm like doesn't that just cause us to like segregate ourselves yeah. and say like oh well like what what makes us different because you have a piece of paper that says positive or negative because to be honest you could you could drink out of somebody's cup at a party next week and then you could suddenly test positive for yeah. it but you just don't know and instead of trying to like point fingers and say Blame. oh i got it from this person yeah. i got it from that person it's like i probably I, had I, it from a kid you yeah you you could have gotten it <laughs> As a child, you could have had it for 20, 30 years of your life. That's a reoccurring theme in like this conversation. No, no, no. The reoccurring problem is, is like you could have had it as a child. And that's something that people need to understand. You could have had this as a child and never known. You could have been two kids years aren't old. conscious about what you could have, Well, you could have been one or two years old if somebody kissed you with a cold sore. Have you and seen you, children like play? They yeah. stick everything in their mouths. Yeah. yeah. And, like blocks of like plastic blocks and Lego they stick in their mouths. That mouth. are at the doctor's office. But exactly. Ugh. So like, <laughs> why are we having such stick about this test that has you know positive or negative yeah. it's the it's, virus it's itself kind of i think it's just the name like if we would have named it like super happy fun time herpes <laughs> like we would have fucking had like a way better way better experience and been like well everybody has super happy fun time herpes so we're all good right <laughs> like, yeah and i don't know but it just it seems like like by all the conversations that we have and like having conversations with my doctor and having conversations with you and all people who actually have it it's starting to become in my mind like how is this a conversation that we're not all having, like constantly having and constantly reevaluating this and going back and saying, listen, like if you've kissed somebody who has a cold sore and you don't even know that they, it's like in their mouth or somewhere, you potentially have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, and, and also we need to point out that HSV comes in different forms. It's not just a cold sore and it's not just genital herpes. It's, you know, chicken pox, it's yeah. shingles, like... And those it's, things aren't stigmatized. It's a different right? form of the virus. Yeah, what I found it, is, it is a different form of the virus. Um, but I mean, the only way to truly prevent herpes is to not have any bodily contact with any other human yeah. being. So zero abstinence. risk doesn't exist. Yeah. So if that if you choose to have no contact physically with any other human being, great. Then you can pride yourself in not having HSV. But even as a <laughs> but but at, no, but hold on. But even as a baby. <laughs> You have to come in contact with your mother. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like, babies can get it from like a mother's, like when they're breastfeeding or when they're going through the birth canal. Mm -hmm. like, we, when we're kissing our kids, like we don't know, and so that's why it's like, why are we, t like, why are we 
putting so much yeah. stigma with this. You're, gonna, you you're not going to not kiss your kid. Exactly. So like if realistically, you are equally at risk of getting a cold. A cold is a virus. So why don't we stigmatize people who give colds to each other at, yeah. <laughs> at events or Well, sometimes public. I give them the stink eye when they come into work. Oh, hell yeah. I and do they're that like too. coughing and I'm like, really? But see, that's the person who is putting other people at risk. They have the virus. They're aware they have the virus and they continue to put other people at risk by showing Touché. up and spreading the virus. And so if there is any stigma, honestly, it should be the stigma where if you do have a cold sore, if you do have symptoms and you're continuing to choose to play, that is something we should um, be addressing. We addressing, but we shouldn't stigmatize someone because, oh yes, you've had the virus at one point in your life. Because we don't do that with people who've had colds or flus. Yeah. Like, great, good for you. As soon as you're you're over your cold, okay, let's play. Right, yeah. like you know, or I don't, mono I don't or want to play. With, I don't exactly. want to play with you because you know, right now you're sick. But when you get better, or let's even go. chlamydia or gonorrhea, like those are things, right? Just because somebody had it before, it's not like, yeah. And you can, you can, you can cure those things. So the only thing that makes HSV um, more concerning for some people is that it's not curable. You just put it into remission. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we're we still can shed the virus when we're not symptomatic. So if we do happen to transfer to somebody else, there's no, you can't blame anyone because we don't know. And you start shedding even before you actually have symptoms and you still shed even before you have a little sore. So, Mm. you know, did you hear that everybody? So this is probably why a lot of people don't share that they're HSV positive because they're like, well, how are you going to know? You don't. Yeah. Unless you go with the test and then you tell people, okay, I'm HSV Unless it was maybe your first or second, like the woman that we interviewed, it was her second time ever having an experience in the lifestyle. And she was with her husband for 25 years, just him. And that's one of their biggest concerns. And that's how they knew. They were like, it was as soon as they were with that person that they had an outbreak. And that's and, and to be fair, that's like, the only you way guys, you could know. If really? you guys are listening, yeah. if you guys are listening to this, like she just said, a very important point, and I want to go back to it. You can shed the virus without an outbreak. Mm-hmm. Like that is fucking serious, guys. Like that's something that is very serious because you may never be symptomatic. You may have had it as a child, like we talked about, and you may go, never go your whole life without an outbreak. But you may still be shedding the virus. Like that's something that could be happening. And that's mm-hmm. why it's not fair to stigmatize anybody. Or, right? or even because, shame anybody because yeah, you're exactly. fucking, or any of this. Like, it's just, yeah. I'm having all these conversations about this, and it's starting to become, like, a little bit more obvious to me that this is something that is so obvious that we need to start talking about this more and making it, bringing it to the foreground of understanding, one, HSV, like, Again, this herpes simplex virus, we need to understand that. We need to understand all of the rest of them and the fact that, like Tara said, no risk doesn't exist. No, it's zero the, risk. Zero risk doesn't exist. Unless you sh- like lock yourself in your own home and don't talk to anybody. <laughs> and that's fine. It, like The only way to prevent any STI is to not have sex at all. If that's your choice, that is your choice. Mm-hmm. If you choose to be in the lifestyle, if you choose to be sexually, not even in the lifestyle, if you are sexually active, you are putting yourself at risk of getting anything. Mm-hmm. And condoms do not fully protect people from HSV because it's skin contact. Yeah. So unless you're going to put your whole body in the condom and then and then touch other people, that's the only way to really protect yourself. It doesn't actually, that makes it's not possible right. and does broken skin increase the risk of the well, virus that increases the risk of everything I yeah think. arguably yes because that's what my my 
doctor said and there was also a study that they had with bunny rabbits where they did that they shaved them so shaving right yeah. before going out to a play date could be one of the worst things you could be doing for yourself well when you shave You're you opening. actually yeah exactly you have little micro tears and yeah and so people are like well i didn't bleed i'm like you don't have to bleed in order you can just scrape a little bit of skin and that's considered open skin and literally shaving is scraping your skin <laughs> with a blade so and same with waxing like you're just you're ripping off the first layer of your skin so we are doing all these things that puts us at risk Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just a a better idea where if you're going to be sexually active just understand what your risks are do a risk assessment figure out if it works for you if the risk is too high for you this isn't the the lifestyle for you or that's not the play date for you it's not the it's not the opportunity for you what about treatment what sort That's of, what I was just about to ask. Really? Yeah. We're on the same brainwave. <laughs> totally. So there's different types of treatments. Yeah, there are different types of treatments. So uh, antiviral treatments are the most common thing, especially when you have an outbreak. Such as? So it's acyclovir, valacyclovir. They're all cousins of each other. Um, so it helps treat the, um, cold, the cold sore mm-hmm. slash herpes sore. Um, other ways of actually so preventing it is a different story so so typically if someone actually has recurrences about six times a year or more so every two let's say two months or more frequently than that then they have the option of actually taking the antiviral every single day to just suppress the virus do we recommend that for everybody who's had an outbreak no because why are we giving you antivirals when every single day you, if you don't need it we, there's no reason to give it in your body yeah, exactly mm-hmm. so and then as we continue to give it to you every day there is always a risk of getting resistant to it mm-hmm. and that creates other issues but if you're someone where you're probably you know if you have a low immune system and you're getting really frequent outbreaks then yes we would put you on it every single day and that's that's mm-hmm. that is fairly safe mm-hmm. um other ways of controlling it and preventing recurrences is actually just it's stress management um, so a lot of you'll you'll read on the internet and there's some studies that show that L-lysine it's a oral supplement that people can take and they say that it helps prevent outbreaks mm-hmm. what it really does is it actually just helps lower your stress in your body it's like melatonin or something kind of but yeah. it's like it is specific it's a specific protein that does exist naturally in our bodies and so some people actually take a daily supplement of L-lysine it's you know, I'd say it's less mm-hmm. risky than taking an antiviral every day. Yeah. And if it works for you, great. Um, but ultimately, the things that causes outbreaks is stress, um, hormones. So, you know, pre and post uh, Period. our periods, that's a good time for it to happen. And mm-hmm. honestly, just like any friction. So having sexual intercourse is friction. Um, sometimes having a sunburn, so it getting exposed to the sun. So when your skin's irritated, it actually makes you more susceptible for okay. having a recurrence. And what about um, more humid and hot places? Um, it, if it's a causing like a skin irritation, so let's say you're talking about the genitals and you're getting hot and sweaty down there. Yeah. Move. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Air them out. <laughs> Blow on yeah. your vagina. <laughs> Air it out. So but yes, any skin irritation, um, stress is the biggest one. And that kind of mm. just brings it back to... It's at the beginning of like so just don't stress about it yeah try i mean it's it's it is not it is. nice to get a positive result like it's it is traumatic and we can't deny that it's a very traumatic experience to have to be sitting in a doctor's office and have someone say you're positive for this yeah. and you know it's a known sti um, there is no technical cure for it there's yeah. a treatment to 
um, and there's make a it stigma. go away. There's a huge, well, there's a huge stigma around any STIs. Yeah. And, and so that is a traumatic experience. And so it's like, we do need to make sure that we take care of ourselves, we take care of each other, and we just help manage that and say, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, is this going to change how I behave outside of the outbreak? And it, it really should. We should all be pr- practicing safe sex as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um, and I think there's a huge weird stigma where people say, oh, well, I know that that person's clean because I looked <laughs> I looked at their genitals and there's nothing wrong there. I don't see anything. And I'm like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're clean or that they have, mm-hmm. that they don't have. A positive anti- result. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So looking is not a way of telling anything, no. actually. It's- no. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's a cool thing about the service that you provide is is that that service now brings it into your home. Yeah, I and use I Jess think, all the time, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and there is a way that we actually can remove your personal information from it, so you can actually we still use the provincial lab, so it's the same quality of diagnostics as every other yeah lab um, result. Lab result, but we actually remove your personal information from it, so it's actually not connected to your provincial uh, huh. healthcare. Which is, it's, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's something that we can do as an option. Um, but the cool thing about what you guys do, and it goes back to, um, I, I, I refer to these people a little bit here and there, but uh, Charlie and Arian, um, they took their practice, who were two psychotherapists, out of the clinic and brought it back into the home and did um, online um, coaching. And, oh, nice. And the yeah. reason why they did that was is because it's all good and fun to walk into an office and practice all these things that are going to be great for your life. And then you leave this safe space in this office you and you go, you go out stressful. into the world and you got, okay, you got to drive. And then you're like, oh shit, this is stressful. And then you have all the triggers. And where are most of the stressful triggers? In the home. Yeah. So why not be able to come to your home where you're, you you may end up having all these stresses and clearing all this stuff out? Same thing with what you can do. You can now get to go to somebody's house and take away that stigma of walking into a cold doctor's mm. office and sitting on the table and then going in there and getting your doing the blood work and all that stuff. You bring it into the home. You get to sit here. You get to relax on your couch. You get to yep. be able to just chill out, maybe even have a beer. Who the hell knows? But... <laughs> Well, yeah, totally. Right? I mean, like one of the not things, you. <laughs> one of the things I remember when I used to work at the clinics um, is that those walls are really thin, and we yes. don't get a lot of time to spend with patients. So, unfortunately, when you're working at a clinic, we're given like generously ten to fifteen minutes with each patient. So, if you're giving someone a positive STI result, that's how, some serious news. Yeah, how is ten to fifteen minutes? enough time to actually help them process through it so the nice thing about going to somebody's home is that there is no other distractions you can't hear children crying on the other side of the wall you don't have to worry about running into your friends in the hallway yeah like you can just do it in your home on your couch and like have as much time as you need to actually go through the results and debrief if needed and provide the education in a safe space yeah and i think that's one of the most important things for me to be able to do house calls is that we can do that with you yeah. well and you're also destigmatizing it you're taking it away from you're taking it away from a receptionist that gets to fucking you know somebody calls in and the receptionist oh answers the phone <laughs> right and then you're like hey i want to know about my results so they look up your your results and then they go you'll have oh, to book an appointment you have to come in <laughs> right and how fucking stressful would that fucking be oh like, my gosh like and so it, I remember when we're at the clinics, like the, one of the most impo- annoying things for me is you go to the front desk and they're like, you know, can I have your Alberta health nurse or whatever? <laughs> you have your health care number. And what are you here for? 
and you're like you're in a waiting room i know with like 30 other people and you're asking me to answer this personal question i know and so like what do you want me to say like i'm here for my sti test or i would like my sti results i have a rash i have like- a weird sore on my on my genitals like you can't say that in a waiting room comfortably so they put you in this weird awkward situation so it already starts you off on a bad defense yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah and uh, that's why Mm -hmm. that's why i love the service you provide and the service you provide is here in alberta currently right now correct yes yeah so anywhere in alberta do you know of any other places like in the states and stuff like that that offer the same sort of service um i do know that there's one online and it's they send you Mm -hmm. i believe they just send you a package you do your own swabs and whatnot and you send it back and then they uh, provide you information online, which is great. One thing I'm not sure about that, which I might, someone would have to look into further, is if you do test positive, how are you going to get treatment? Because uh, you don't necessarily have a doctor. Yes. So then when you do it through us, if One you test positive, yeah. then we can actually prescribe you your treatment. Next step. Right. Yeah. We can do the next step and the follow-up because that's the one thing that I worry about is if you, re- I appreciate the confidentiality of it. But if you get the a positive result, effect of it, but yeah. what, what happens if you get a positive result? There's no, like, who's going to be talking to you about that? If you're looking it up online and you see positive, you're by yourself. You're by yourself. I find oh. I, the idea of that for me is really traumatic. Is like, it's great if you have negative results because you can be like, oh, great, awesome. Close the window. Yeah. But if it's positive, you're sitting there by yourself, by yourself looking at a screen or with your significant other or with or, your significant other. And it's like, what do I do now? Yeah, because then because then you still have to go to the clinic and then go get tested again locally at a local lab so that they can prescribe you so that they can prescribe you something. And then that is the only thing that I worry about um, by doing something that is that uh, removed from a human being and a prescriber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I would still if it was up to me, I would still prefer that there is a prescriber in the mix so that they can actually have that conversation, talk about safe practices, mm-hmm. um, next steps, and actually prescribe the treatment if it's needed. Yeah, like right there on the spot. Yeah, and then the other... If you want to take it within, if it's HSV, you want to take that, like Veltrax, within... Oh, like immediately. 48 hours. Oh, right. So at ASAP, like yeah. really 24 As- hours. Yeah. Preferred. So, uh, and just before we wrap this up here, I do want to know, is there any like preventative measures like um, taking your antivirals like four or five days before you play? And how long does it take your antivirals to kind of kick in? Is there ways of like, like stopping an outbreak before it happens type deal? Or are you... Preventative measures. Is there a preventative yes. So preventative measure? measures is, again, it's like if you were to take it every single day, you're actually putting your body at more risk than uh, right. benefit. But... Well, if you have if you have had outbreaks before, you begin to start recognizing the symptoms. So it's this like weird, itchy, tingling sensation, and it typically for someone who's had an outbreak, it's the same spot. So it's that weird, itchy, tingling. You should be taking your antivirals that day, okay. hmm. and start treatment that day, and it'll actually help prevent it from opening up and turning into a sore. Right. Um, so that is the best way to go about it. Um, so you can go to your local family doctor or nurse practitioner and then just actually have some in your uh, bathroom yeah. medica- medication cupboard Yeah, because <laughs> people still do that nowadays, right? Medicine cabinet, yeah. <laughs> a few of those, insane. potentially. Yeah, we have a few leftover things, mostly for the animals. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of, we have like a vet pharmacy. We have literally a vet pharmacy. <laughs> um, but no, I think that that's, I think that's some, just some great information. I think there's a lot of people that would love to know more about this stuff. Um, so if anybody wants to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can go to our website, www.directhealthcanada.ca. Um, so you can phone us, have a phone consultation, or you can just email us and book an appointment if you like. 
I like that. And uh, you guys provide an amazing service. And I'd like to say thank you for joining us on the show today and providing all this amazing information because I think it needs to be more talked about. And I think that we shed some light on some really good topics here. And mm-hmm. I'd uh, like to thank you for that. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we are going to probably wrap this up. We want to say that we know it can sometimes feel lonely navigating this world of open relationships. We know that it can be difficult to find people to talk with. We know because we've been through it. And although we certainly are not therapists or licensed psychologists, we know that sometimes all you need is just somebody to talk to. We've helped hundreds of people on their journey with non-monogamy and are passionate about helping thousands more. We offer private coaching to anyone interested in opening up their relationship and reach out to us for multiple reasons. It could be that they're struggling to get out to a club and are looking for a little extra encouragement, or they may not know how to go about discussing their fantasies and desires with their partner. Visit sexuninterrupted.com slash book online to schedule your free 10-minute one-on-one session today. Welcome to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. I'm not really sure how this episode is going to start, so we're just going to start it off the way we're going to start it. Um, this episode, we've been talking about uh, HSV. Yes. Um, and kind of how people have been sort of working, I guess, with and sort of against the virus um, and sort of this concept. And we kind of wanted to get some stories of um, real life people um, in the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that um, are willing to express the fact that they have HSV and how their, I guess. How their their life has been since it and how that impacts their life in non-monogamy because um, there is a big stigma around it. And I think a lot of times people have some misconceptions surrounding it. And we just wanted to share that, you know, it, it might, it might be, you might not have a heartfelt connection to it sometimes, but a lot of people are going through this and we want to make sure that everybody understands that it's okay to talk about this stuff and that this is just another part of sexuality and the lifestyle so please welcome selena and sassy on to the show thank you ladies for joining us thank you so much i'm very excited about this yes i'm more nervous (laughs) (laughs) and excited yeah well that's that's okay we're all here to share um some information and your guys' story so um i'm going to start off with uh you selena um so how did you go how did you come into uh non-monogamy as like a whole as a whole okay so um i've been in the lifestyle for two and a half years my partner and i um that is the entirety of our relationship as well i started dating him coming out of um a rather strict religious organization so i came in wanting to explore my sexuality and he gave me full freedom to do so and so now i'm marrying him of course (laughs) (laughs) um what else What, what what other question did you have um, and then, and you guys started out in non-monogamy from the start. Yeah, yes, from the very beginning. Yeah, um, I decided that I wanted to explore, and uh, at first, I thought that I was going to have to break up with him. I was like, "Oh no, he's he's not going to want to be with me." And instead, he was like, "You know, there's another option, right? We could swing." And I'm like, "People do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing." So yeah, my full thanks to him. Um, he suggested that I just go do my thing and that he would be there waiting and cheering me on in my corner. And, and then I found out that it was much more fun when he was there anyway. So It really is, right? Yeah. It's almost fun, almost fun to do it together. That's oh, why yeah. the conversion. Absolutely. I mean, he works away. So um, having that freedom to 
play separately is huge for my growth. He's, he's already done a lot of growing in his side of the arena. Well, it sounds like it to just say like, obviously to just guess, just go do this. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people have to do a lot of deprogramming when it comes to, Oh, that's the perfect word. Possessive. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what about you, Sassy? How did you find Uh, (laughs) non-monogamy? Yeah. I kind of stumbled across it one day. We've actually been together for over 25 years and each other's first. So for us, it was more about exploring, um, some of those different options so that was just about two years ago we first found that this was a thing so so both of you guys two years found it together that's awesome yeah Yeah. that's so cool that is really awesome and so now we're going to touch on i guess the more personal subject in the room um hsv um now i guess we can talk about the different types of hsv Mm -hmm. um we did on our last show that we shared with Jess NP, nurse practitioner, she shared the difference between HSV-1 and HSV-2. And if you guys haven't listened already, I suggest like going back and listening to that because mm-hmm. um, there is a few differences. And I, I don't even know with you guys, um, what, what do you guys have? Is it Which one do we have? Yeah. Um, I am HSV-2 positive, so genital herpes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm HSV1, but also contracted on genitals. Okay. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Thank you you for sharing. It's it's very, uh, takes a lot of courage. So we are very uh, appreciative of it. And so my question for you, is this something that happened in the lifestyle or is it something that you came into lifestyle with? Um, Should I start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have been positive for about six years. I contracted it in my previous marriage. So in a completely monogamous relationship, um, he told me that he was positive and, um, seeing as we were both quite religious, I assumed he was going to be my forever person. Um, so at the time I wasn't that concerned about whether or not I was going to contract it. And thus I did. Um, he wasn't medicated. We didn't use protection. We didn't take any of those precautions. I would just, I just, you know, I told him I loved him. It wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't until after that relationship went very, very, very south that it affected me on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, I contracted it in a completely monogamous relationship, so... Yeah. And how so. and how were you perceived when you were diagnosed by like your doctor? Um, my doctor, it wasn't it wasn't really. Um, I knew that I had it because my husband had it. When I was tested, he said even if it shows up in your blood, we can't tell which type it is unless you actually can unless you actually come in and get a sore tested. Yeah. And I'll be the first to say you Google. Herpes, and it is, that, is, that is the worst of the worst that you will see. It does not look anything like that. Um, if I hadn't known that I already had it, I would have assumed it was an ingrown hair. Like, it was just a tiny spot. It, you know, it, did, it was nothing compared to what Google would have you believe herpes is. <laughs> and everybody feels differently from it, too. Some people yes, feel pain. Some people yeah. itchy. Some people yeah. get sick. Some yeah. people get yeah. flu. I did get sick in the beginning, yes. I did get flu-like symptoms before my first outbreak. And what about you, Sassy? Yeah, it was uh, our second experience, actually. 
Oh wow. Oh, so you came you came into contact with it in the lifestyle. In the lifestyle. Yeah. Not a good way to start, just so you know. <laughs> um sorry, I'm just trying to plug in a power here. Um but yeah, we did did contract it after our second experience uh, with another girl. And again, it was one of our biggest fears. It was probably the biggest reason why we maybe didn't explore it a little bit. You know, we, we didn't go both front feet front in. Mm-hmm. We were very nervous about STDs. And so we would even ask people if they had had cold sores before. And if there's someone that had had cold sores before, um, you know, we would avoid that because, yeah. again, we, we didn't want herpes. And, you know, we... Our education around herpes was the the stigma that it is today, and that everyone you know gets creeped out about. We were that those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we asked all the questions. We asked about testing. We used condoms, and it was great. It was a great experience um, until three days later, when yeah, we both kind of got started with a sore, and from there it got very uncomfortable. The first outbreak was awful, fever, yeah. chills, um, and then. Yeah, now it's been, I guess, just over a year. And it's like Selena said, it's, it's you literally, we, we don't medicate because we're not active right now. Um, we definitely do not, we were never planning to jump from bed to bed and we definitely do not now. Um, so we're not active, so we don't medicate right now. So even not medicating, we never know when we have a breakout. It might be like Selena said, we might get like a, what looks like an ingrown hair it's yeah. not discomfortable at all. It doesn't disrupt my day at all. But then there's this, you never know if that's it or not. Yeah, that's the so thing. Hey. kind of weighing in your back of your mind constantly if you're out there playing with people. and Always. Well, and I think when people are uneducated about it, it's so easy for them to project the blame onto other people. And being a sensitive person, I know both of you guys are fairly sensitive women, you know, we take, we take that on, right? And so putting yourself in that position, you know, it, it, it can make play a really difficult thing. Absolutely. Well, and how many jokes are about, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even I think of what movie was that? Um, The one where they say the only thing you can't bring back from Vegas. Yeah. There's, there is jokes. Yeah, there are. Yeah. I think that, I think that a lot of the problems around it obviously come from the lack of education around it. Like there's just people Mm -hmm. that just don't fucking understand. Like you can still play with somebody who has it and you can most likely will not get it if they have it under control and they understand the virus. That's the one thing that I think people freak out about is that, well, if I don't have it and that another thing goes to the point is that there's a lot of heads buried in the sand when it comes to actually testing for HSV, because like you may have had a cold sore as a fucking kid and not remembered that you had it. Mm -hmm. You went your whole fucking life Mm -hmm. being a carrier and not knowing that you can still potentially shed the virus. Mm -hmm. Like, really, but the well, problem I, is that when you do your testing here in Canada, it's an actually you have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And it has yeah, to be on. It's the not in the regular STD screening at all. No, it's not. You have, you have to ask for that comprehensive test over the top. And a lot of people don't want to know if they're HSV1 positive. Now, HSV1 is a cold sore. We talk about that with Dr. Jess and all that stuff. And HSV2 is general herpes. And I think there's like almost seven different variations of it. Don't quote me on this, but I know that like shingles, chicken pox, these are all forms of the virus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I it just really had a friend is. with with shingles. shingles. I had chicken pox. Technically, when an I was H, a kid. It's like HSV five or something like that. And I don't don't well, call me on that. Well, and I think like what you said, and a lot of people put their heads in the sand, um, and they and unfortunately they can be carriers and not even discussing, um, you know, their last panel or yeah or anything like that. And the reality is like zero risk doesn't exist in the lifestyle. No. So it's no, uh, it absolutely doesn't. And, and that's a big thing about the lifestyle is assessing your risk. You, and you educating yourself is the, start. the best way. Like, and you have to know that you're in a higher risk environment. This is a higher risk environment. And that it's okay. Yeah. That's also why we can't shame each other because we know we're already in a high risk environment. Like we, we don't shame sex. So how can we shame the the infections and things that come from sexual activity? That would be that would be ridiculous. <laughs> well, and honestly, like HSV is common in all the animals. Like I was just talking to Jackie Melfi, and she was telling me that cattle have herpes everywhere. Like it's it's very prevalent in every sort of animal kingdom. So, um, and just to have a stigma on one STI is just ridiculous to me. I mean. And they're all too. There's more stigma on genital, obviously, than just cold sores. People yeah. with cold sores almost don't yeah, no don't claim it. They yeah. think they're I don't know. It feels like they're better, but that is literally. I have the exact same virus. Like ours was swabbed and tested. It's HSV one. Mm-hmm. But people with cold sores, yeah, they'll they'll all of a sudden give a lot of judgment and oh, you better tell people when you have HSV two or genital mm-hmm. herpes. I'm like, yeah. you don't even know what you're talking about, and you're lucky because you're actually now, you know, you're not going to get genital if you've had cold sore because generally it won't spread to another location. I can't say can't, but and then same that also helps reduce your chances of genital herpes, but. I don't know. People with cold sores think that she'll present themselves in their Well, and how, how many of us are using protection with oral sex too, right? Right. So exactly. Actually, in a way, it's kind of, um, it's a riskier. Yeah. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Like everything becomes yeah, riskier. Yeah, it is. It's like you don't want to wear a condom during, um, that's why even so, like probably a lot of porn stars, even for men, will even if they're playing outside their relationship or outside of the sets, they probably wear condoms for that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you guys, um, do you guys, do you guys share this with play partners? Do you have this conversation with them beforehand? Yeah. 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 How does that go? Does it, is it usually so. positive? So the way that I look at it is the shame with which you meet disclosing is the shame with which they're going to view you, right? Mm-hmm. Or I, I just, it's, it's very nonchalant. It's very, this is, this is my deal. And, and then I give them the rundown. Like, obviously that does take away a little bit of spontaneity, but I'm in the lifestyle to form relationships with people, not just, yeah. I, I mean, one night stands, they, they've kind of come and gone. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not really my thing. I want to form friendships and relationships. So I let them know like how proactive I am. I take my medication. I'm very healthy. I'm, you know, almost a complete plant-based um, diet. Not that that matters to like anybody who's not, but you know, just making sure that I'm very um, open about how healthy I am. I don't play when I'm sick. Um, even with a cold, I won't play even with Chris. Um, when Chris and I are playing together, Oh, I just used his name. I <laughs> don't think he cares. Um, even when we're playing together yeah, um, with other people, we'll use protection with each other. So, Is there a bird in the background? 
There is a crow outside. The crows are falling. Oh God, I'm like, I'm about, sorry. We're talking about some serious stuff here and I'm about to lose my like, shit. I'm like, there where the go. fuck is the bird? No, I thought That's it was a fun. song. It's a separate thing. <laughs> no, it's so funny because you're like, you're so serious and all I can hear in the background is, <laughs> <laughs> I closed the window. They were like, preach, preach. <laughs> like, like, on, my front, on my front sidewalk, they like, they know. They're like, I'm here, I'm here. I'm like, I'm just <laughs> well, I, I like the way, where we were going with that because I think yeah. you're talking about the fact that like, when you share this with people, how they perceive that that sort of inclination is how they're going to treat you. It's the yes, yes, it yeah. does. I mean, it's, I'm never not scared. I'm always scared. I'm always worried that somebody's going to be like, oh no. And um, the 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 newer they are in the lifestyle, the more shocked that they are. I've noticed mm-hmm. too. Um, disclosing to vanilla people that I might decide to sleep with, which I usually don't, um, is the, the stigma is always far worse than people who are experienced in the lifestyle. I've had some people experienced in the lifestyle who say, oh, I'm surprised you even told me. We assume that everybody has, you know, something, so we protect ourselves, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a thing that's happened. And I've also had some people come out and say, oh, us too, quite often. So um, it's definitely very common. It's not something that's not common just because we're in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked to uh, we've talked to numerous people, and they've all said most of them said like, "Yeah, I've got HSV one," mm-hmm. and yeah. it's that thought process in, now, and you're like just yeah. in like passing, like and yeah. how it comes off so nonchalant, which yeah. is great, yet still scary that that was so easy for you to say to me. Well, would and you have shared? There, would you have not. shared that if we were going to go play? That's the part that kind of bothers me too, and that's that's why I want to smash the stigma because I've found that I don't believe that some people would have also said, "Oh, me too," and and you know, it, um, except that I had said so first, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there is a part of me that's like, "Ooh, that's not cool, dude." But in the same respect, I'm not going to judge them. I'm just like, "Well, you know, you should let people know right away." Just well, you're setting an example. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's what I want to do: set an example and give people the right to decide for themselves. Sassy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I agree. Um, as awkward as the conversation has been and as much anxiety every time we, you know, well, not every time. We've had to have it a few times. We try to have it early in the conversation. And if at any point we think it might cross to a, like a sexual line, that's when then we, you know, we make sure we're upfront about it. Mm-hmm. I wish I was more open, but <laughs> it's hard. Mm-hmm. It, it is. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And it's tough when, when people hear that as soon as you say the word, it just people back out so quickly and it's because of their fear, but they just don't understand it. And you're just owning well, your actually, shit. You're owning yeah, it hasn't your shit. been as bad as I, I thought it would, to be honest, yeah. um, each, yeah. <laughs> each time. And I have to thank Selena even because um, thanks to her being so open, that gave me a channel. Oh, oh. And Selena, if anybody wants to contact you too, they, they can, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, um, Sassy, it is, the fear is always far worse. Like you said, you probably haven't been met with much shame at all, if any. And that's, that's what got me through it too, was just being really open and, um, 
I've had one couple um, out of the, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how many couples <laughs> who have said absolutely no way, you know, they run away. And then with like, like it was a couple weeks after that, they came back and said, I apologize. And, you know, so you're right. It, it will absolutely get easier. People, the, even the stigma is worse than the shame that we, that we feel. Yeah. As, as I said before, there's a lot of heads in the sand. There's a lot of people that choose not to fucking understand it and choose not to get themselves tested. Like I, I honestly didn't know until like literally like four months ago that it was a, it was not part of standardized testing. Mm-hmm. Like, and like my doc was still doing it. His was, I was like looking through, his through this one, panels, but he had done like, it. He had done it in the past, but didn't do it on this last one. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And then we're just, thinking about it like well wait what if what if it's there and now i don't have that like you know negative for everything else and so it's just this concept that we're just there's a lot of people that have literally and i'm not saying that i'm not included in that but i I just become a little bit more awakened to the fact that like 50 they say that 50 percent of the population i've talked to a bunch of doctors about this one about hsv1 50 percent of the population have it yeah 50% yeah that means out of the four of us, three of you have it, right? Like, or, you know, like, it's just, it's that, it's that, it's that there. And like, it's, it's a thing that we need to understand more and more, especially as a lifestyle, um, especially as a community, as a whole, like everybody within this, like you can, can technically contract that from dirty play toys and just stuff like that. And so not even, you're not necessarily just immune to it, even in like the kink community where, you know, mm-hmm. we just, there should be that understanding. If you're having of, sex. Yeah. Or if you're even putting your mouth on someone. Yeah. And there is so much that you can do to be proactive about it. Once you do have it, there's so much that you can do with medication and just understanding your own health. And there are some alternative things that I probably can't claim work on. <laughs> well, what's worked for you guys? What's worked uh, for you? Alter- for alternative? Okay, so uh, what has worked for me, I am certain of it, is uh, there are nanotech silver gels out there that you can apply to your skin and they will dry within six minutes they will kill the virus i've put them on my cold sores mm-hmm. uh, my genital cold sores and within within 24 hours it's completely gone whereas before you would use something like a breva and it would still take up to five days to be gone and it would still be painful mm-hmm. the nanotech silver just wiped it completely out for myself I, I'm confident that I can claim that for myself. And also it will protect the transmission for up to six hours is the claim. Wow. That they've made once the gel dries, it protects up to six hours. So I place it and it doesn't taste or smell like anything. Wow. So I put it everywhere and from like front to back, let it dry. There's no sticky residue, no nothing. It's just a nice silver film and, I mean, those in the medical industry know what silver does. They use it for everything, for operation, whatever. You know, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I've had to imagine you like, spread eagle. Like, yes, I do. Yes, exactly. I do. Yeah. Just wait, baby. I'm almost ready to go. Just letting my pussy dry. 
Yeah. We're going. Get the hair dryer. That's just a little bit of an extra something that that you know that I do for my friends. Like mm-hmm. makes me feel better. You know, I yeah, I didn't even know about that. So thank you That's for awesome. sharing that. Yeah. That is a big thing, and I, I I highly recommend people look that up and do their research. And because the that's it's not FDA approved. You know, they're not gonna doctors it's not deadly so the doctors don't really care enough to put anything like that out there but we're in the lifestyle we're very sexually active so it's something that's important to us to do our research and get right at the front run or whatever you want to call it of of what's out there to help us well that's like pre prep for hiv it's the same concept it's a preventative measure measure for hiv measure yeah. yeah yeah It's the same thing. So, and, Sassy, what else? What do you use? Just uh, the antiviral meds. So, when if we are in a situation where we have a play partner, then we would do we do take the prescribed daily prescription of the antivirals. Um, but on a day to day basis, we don't. Um, I just I don't love antibiotics. I don't love medicine in my body unless I have mm-hmm. to. So, yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. I just let our natural antibodies do the work. Mm-hmm. Because again, this really does not disrupt me. I wouldn't even know I have it. I just know I do have it. And I have to be conscious when we get with other people. So it is just uh, condoms and daily antiviral medicine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Sassy, I just want to go back to to what you said when you, you tell people. At the end of the day, like you're owning your shit by, you know, speaking your truth about who you are and however somebody chooses to receive that is their choice it's not on you to to take that on to fix to to we understand it we understand it sucks though we understand because it's just that perceived thing that people don't understand it yeah right right they don't understand what you're going through yeah. Right. And what you've had to go through all the stigmas, all the, the jokes, all the, all the shit aside, it's there. Like it's, it's there. It's, and yeah. it's an understanding of you own your shit. And I've said that when people own their shit, the people around them will start to realize that they're being so truthful. The person that tells you is the, probably the one of the most honest people you will ever meet in your life. The person that comes forth and tells you that is probably the most honest person in your life. Right. Because yep. they have chosen to own the shit that they have and they've chosen to share that with you. Yeah. If somebody shares that with you, there are some fucking honest yeah. people. Right. Like those are the people that you want to be around. Those are the people that you, <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's honesty. And just because you have the virus doesn't mean that even if we hang out, I'm just going to all of a sudden get it. Yeah, like right. <laughs> that's where the whole understanding of the Aww. virus comes in. Everybody should be understanding this, getting in front of it before it affects you after the fact, because after the fact, then you're going to have to like get into this space where you're potentially shamed by your doctor, but like, cause you're in a, you're in a marriage and you know, Oh wait, you're still playing around and you're getting, you're getting something, but is your husband cheating? Blah, blah, blah. So you got this whole judgment shame shit that keeps coming out. It's like, we need to, again, like Selena said, stop judging or shaming other people for what they have. Start understanding the stuff yeah. that's going on mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. And even if you understand, it doesn't mean that you like, even if like, 
just because this, even if the stigma was completely wiped out, you still can decide not to play with somebody that has herpes, right? Yeah. Like, don't feel yeah. like, oh, just because it's not a big deal, does you know, it's still a risk that you can choose to take or not. I'm not going to be offended if you decide not to play with me. Yeah. You know? And there's still a lot that you can do. You, there's still a lot of play that you can do, a lot of soft swap. I mean, for myself, I can give all the oral sex that I want. <laughs> you know, there's a lot that you can do. It's just, it's just ending the shame, the shame side of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think we're actually, um, I actually just want to say thank you guys. Yeah, honestly, thank you so much for your vulnerability. So much for sh- sharing this. This is like something that we, we're probably going to have to deal with in our lifetime because just the lifestyle we live and we just got to understand it. So I thank you guys so much for sharing this information. I think you guys were super brave and super awesome. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I think we're just going to wrap this up and uh, cut to the outro. Maybe who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you guys. And we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you for being so brave, Sassy. (laughs) Thank you for supporting me, Selena. Alrighty, well, that wraps up our show for today. Um, we want to thank everyone for who joined us on the show, who actually took the time out of their day to talk about this kind of a, kind of a sensitive subject. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, we will uh, just going to wrap this up. Thank you, hashtag Sue Crew, uh, for joining us all the way to the end. And, and our episode will be airing again Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, keep it sexy. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed the sexy show, you can find more at sexuninterrupted.com. Don't forget that you can also follow us on Twitter at sxuninterrupted, Instagram at sex.uninterrupted, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to directly support what we do, please check out patreon.com slash sexuninterrupted today and join our community. We'll see you here next Friday at 2 p.m. on the West Coast and 5 p.m. on the East Coast on the Voice America Variety Channel.